Everyone wants to do a podcast. I do. Hey, I'm Steve Bazalone, and you're listening to Terribly Funny, the podcast where I talk to funny people uh, about some bad stuff that's happening to them. And uh, today, man, we've got a great guest, a particularly funny guest. She's wildly talented. Uh, I first met her while I was uh, on my first staff writing job. I was writing on Happy Endings, and uh, I met her at the first table read. Her name is Casey Wilson, and she's always been such a kind and lovely person to me. But beyond that, uh, beyond being a kind and lovely person, she's also a phenomenal writer, a comedian, uh, an actor. You saw her in SNL. She wrote Bride Wars. You saw her in Happy Endings. You saw her in Marry Me. Uh, oh, you saw her in The Hilarious Gone Girl. Uh, and she's just wonderful. Uh, she was kind enough to sit down with me and talk about um, the loss of a mother. So, you know, make yourself comfortable, buckle in, uh, put on some sweats, do whatever it is you do when you get comfortable. Don't do too many weird things, or if you're going to do weird things, like, don't tell me about it, because then that makes me feel weird about this whole endeavor. Uh, if you're jerking off to this, what I'm saying is, just don't tell me. That's your thing. That's your that's your process. Anyways, <laughs> let, let's do this, shall we? Uh, cue the theme music. Terribly funny. Coming at you. And I'll accept no substitute, nothing else will do. Yeah, it's been interesting just because uh, uh, because it has been more meditative. I thought it was going to be more of, um, and then I've learned this and this and this, and it's just kind of more. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which is here's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you feel like uh, is a thing that influenced you and made? For I was giving, I gave some examples. Uh, <laughs> get it? Sorry. When. Right after, like moments after my mom died, I went into, I was there like doing the hugging in the bed and all that. And the nurse came in and she was like, I think she was, because it was a nurse I was not familiar with. So she must have been a nurse that, I think this was her job. She was like the calm patient one who just like came and like gave information, had you sign paperwork and that kind of stuff. And she was telling me, she's like, you know, we'll have to do, we'll have to do an autopsy, you know, in the next, tomorrow or this evening or whatever. And I just offhandedly said, like, I don't know if that's necessary. I mean, pretty sure it was a heroin overdose. And she had this horrified look on her face. And I was like, I'm, so, I'm exhausted. I'm kidding. I'm just really tired. <laughs> I didn't mean to freak you out. I'm not an ass. Uh, anyways, yes, I am. Sorry. But yes, I'll shine your paperwork. Um, but and like they my, did actually find that's what your mom was. It was. It was. Of. Yeah. She had been sneaking the whole time yeah. between the toes. No one knows. You thought you were joking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so tell me stuff. Oh gosh, that, that's just making me think of, um, I mean, this is darker, but when my mom passed away, you just don't, I mean, I wasn't there when she passed mm-hmm. away, like you were, but... You were younger. Yeah, when she, we, I, she was at the beach with my dad, but I, we went in and like saw her body, which you just don't, <laughs> sorry to it's jump really, right in. No, it's really unsettling, it's right? so unsettling, and it, it felt like a China doll or something. Like, yeah. Oh, Sorry. To go no, to no, no. That's totally these, fine. Just Please, most that's, that's what this is for. Um, ever, yeah. I actually don't know that story at all. I've known you for yeah eight, seven, eight years, something yeah. like that. And I've known this about your mom for a very long time because you do a lot of like charity work in her name and yeah. things of that nature. But I don't know like how it happened. Yeah. If that's something you want to discuss at all, sure, but yeah. Um, it was just very sudden. I had ju- this was like it's so funny. I don't really know. I don't know what year it was, which mm-hmm. a lot of my friends make fun of me, but. It's such a blur, truly, these years. When I had just yeah. moved out to L.A., I know it was like five years after college. I think I was like 23, 24. Yeah, but that makes sense. Like, after you leave college and there's no way to quantify time, especially no. if you live here, 
There's exactly. there's no seasons. It's like it could have been 2007 or 10. Or I don't know. one. I yeah. don't know. And and I also just like that time to me, I so almost aggressively put in a box of like, I don't know when that was. And I don't even right. want to know when yeah. it was. And I know I had just moved to LA, which was probably the darkest fact of all of it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you were just coming from New York, right? Yeah, I was coming from New York and I was living with my friend Matt McClunky and Aaron Pineda. Sure, sure. Who generously like rented me a room on Fuller next to the Rock and Roll Ralphs. Oh, that's the best Ralphs. Yeah. The best of all the Ralphs. Ralphs. Yeah. (laughs) And we were spending our time just like Erin famously would just go to the Ralphs. She could afford a coffee Mm -hmm. and buy magazines like The Rags and Gossip Mag. Yeah, yeah. And lie on the lawn chair that they were selling and just sit in it. Oh, that's nice. Reading the magazines and drinking her coffee as passerby just passed. That's fantastic. I remember doing the Barnes and Noble at the at the Grove. Oh God! Uh, I've, up until recently, I realized I was saying Barnes and Nobles like I'm a sixty year old woman. <laughs> like I'm in Barnes, I was putting the S on there. But I used to go there when I was like, right, just moved here, and I would go to the magazine section and just read magazines for hours because I had nothing to do. Yeah. It's air conditioned. It's air conditioned, and I would try to like get ideas for I don't know what the fuck, but I would just sit in the air conditioning and read magazines. The for worst hours. as a writer is when you're being lazy, you try to justify just your human existence as getting ideas. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm having a glass of wine and a bottle of wine, and I'm getting ideas. I'm getting a lot of ideas. Yeah, not gonna remember any of them, and they're all garbage, but I'm getting ideas. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm calling. Yeah, the closest thing I have to like a a um, a church. Mm. Is I Barnes will. Barnes and It used to be. Okay. It used to be. I've evolved from that. Okay. Now I'm bougier. Uh, I will go not every week, but like usually every other Sunday. I will go to Healing Hands, great little massage place, and I will take like usually like a uh, like an Ativan, get a massage. Tell me everything. And then that's just that's where I come up with like all my ideas. What? Just, yeah. Is it the massage or the Ativan that's providing this? Oh, it's both. It's just relaxing Equal and parts, a little bit. There's like fucking hands, mellow and shit. Yeah, it's great. Where is Healing Hands on Third? That used to be. It's on Larchmont. It's great. You get a oh. discount for WGA. Everybody should know this. <laughs> Wherever you are in the country, yep, write yep. a screenplay. Write a, get it. Get into the WGA, or just join case you're. It's a long same way thing. in to yeah, get to yeah, Healing Hands. That's great. But I've heard really good things about that place. Mm-hmm. May I Anyhow. ask you have a prescription for this Ativan, or you just coming by it? Oh well, that's another thing of like having like a cancer mom for a very long time. Okay. I had a, just like a bunch of pharmacopoeia <laughs> that was left over. I'm laughing, but I don't. Yeah. I do find it funny, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, so, your mother... Yeah, so I just moved out here, and th- this is a weird kind of little thread to it, is that I had just moved out and, you know, was, like, walking to the Wendy's on Sunset in, like, a jean skirt that was ill-fitting mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. just get lunch. I know that Wendy's. Great Wendy's. The amazing food for every actress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, like, the only actress getting Yeah, I get a single with cheese, maybe a Frosty, who knows? Yeah, and I was always like, why am I overweight? <laughs> but in taking like acting classes and then I got this call from my manager and she said there's this new Christopher Guest movie and I have an audition for you and I had just starting out I mean mm-hmm. I really hadn't done anything and so I was so excited I love Christopher Guest obviously yeah. and my mom loves Christopher Guest and so weirdly then the second to last conversation I ever had with my mom we were, I was, of course, asking for money. So sad. Yeah. And, well, that you're at that age. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I need money or my phone's going to get. And I got to get and it was shut off. Really? <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Yeah. So That's that just, just the perfect illustration of that point. And a proud story to feel that my mom could pass knowing I was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's my phone good, is good to shut know. off. <laughs> yeah, no. Casey's got it all together. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. She can't even get through a sentence without a phone being shut mm-hmm. off. I was like smoking and sitting on a dirty exercise ball on a balcony. That's pars- That's close to exercising. <laughs> 
But then, so anyway, this is all to say that my manager said, you know, there's this part and your, your audition's this day. And I was so excited. So I called my mom and it was the last time I talked to her actually. And she was healthy and going with my dad to Rehoboth Beach, Maryland, mm-hmm. or uh, Delaware, where we grew up going every year. And I was going to go meet her there the next day oh, with, for a family vacation. And But my audition was the week when I came back and I was just like, I'm so excited and we were talking about it and then at the end of the conversation she's like I, I feel very tired I don't feel well and that's really kind of the last thing I remember and then that night I was dating someone I didn't mm-hmm. know, hardly know sure and very nice guy in the comedy yeah. world yeah well we didn't have a huge connection I would say that's fair 23 you don't need much of a connection yeah, yeah. we're 25 26 overall. whatever I, I don't I need much of a connection now <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that was actually the most unsettling part of all of it that was that I was with him. Because it was so like, you know when you get that lonely feeling when you're with someone you just don't know? And it's it's yeah. all fine and games when fun when you're going to get a margarita. For sure. And then when, padre. But when there's something real and you're like, uh, I don't really want to have you around. It's like a litmus test of like, yeah. you're not you're not for me, I don't oh, think. Oh, and I continued dating him, Steve. But well, that's good. To try to drum up some depth mm-hmm. in my life yeah, yeah. immediately after and went terribly. But um, so anyway, we, this is... We were going to bed that night, and I normally was taking Ambien, mm-hmm. because my friend Matt and I would take Ambien that we got from Aaron, our friend, yeah. and then lie in bed, and he would read The Power of Now, and I was reading, I think, A New Earth or something. Sure. I was hoping that he was going to read that out loud to you, which <laughs> I would be an amazing way to we finish We would read night. for like two minutes, and then just like pass out with the books on our chest. Sounds fantastic. And so that night I was in bed with this guy and, and, you know, going to bed and I was going to take an Ambien and then I was lying down and I was like having insomnia and I looked at the clock and I saw what time it was and I'm like, God, I could take it, but it's around one in the morning and mm-hmm. am I going to be able to wake up and blah, blah, blah. And then I just had this like, I know this sounds crazy, but I never have a calming sensation come over me. So I know it when I... Yeah. Feel it. Yeah. Let me tell you. It's, they're rare. Well, I've never if had If you're a somewhat it. neurotic person, which I am, and I assume you are as yeah. well. Yeah. Especially someone who's literally like anxiously needing to take a sleep aid at that right. time of life. And I felt a calm presence come over me that said, you don't need to take anything. And I felt for the first time in my life, not fearful of going to bed. And I remembered it so distinctly that I looked at the clock and I'm like, what's happening? Wow. And then when I shut my eyes, I saw this and I'm not a kooky person. No, I make no, no. fun of all of this stuff. Actually, now I've come to completely embrace it after this, but I saw this like hot air balloon traveling in my mind up to Scott to the like heavens, really? Really? And I thought, the last thing I thought was like, I really think I'm going to be okay, just in a general sense. As you're falling asleep. Yeah. And I woke up to my friend June, my best friend, coming into the bedroom and she didn't live with us. And she said, Casey, and of course this guy was with me, which was not great. Yeah. She's like, your dad's on the phone. And he had called her because my mom had had a heart attack and passed away in the night. And this police officer basically told my dad, I guess you should have someone tell her or, right. or be make sure she's not alone. Right. My dad didn't know my comings and goings with these sure. gentlemen. Yes, of Gentlemen course. of the night. No, no, no. Well, why would he? You were just had a passing connection with him. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, June was there and then she told me. And then I got on the phone with my dad, who had been told by the police to just come out with it. So he's like, your mom's dead. And I was like, ah! <laughs> It was so stark. I but mean, it, what a crazy thing. Because, like, I, I would not know how to abridge that. But, like, if somebody said, this is what you do, well, I guess you're an expert, so. Yeah, they said, make sure she's not alone and just come out with it. And so he's like, but he didn't say it that strong, but that's what it kind of sounded right. like. 
And, but it was funny, as I was walking to the phone, it was like one of those things where you're like, something very bad is happening. I don't Ugh. know why my friend's suddenly in my bedroom and it's six in the morning. And Yeah, that's not normal. But something's very bad. And I, I was just like, actually a relief to hear what it was because I was going through like 20 million. And that sounds horrible, but I was just no. like, I, I don't know what. Yeah. And he said, your mom is dead. And I was just like, blah. And so, yeah, that's sort of, you know, it was just a heart attack out of nowhere. That's but I yes. sorry the last no, thing I'll no, no, say is that months 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 later I was looking at her autopsy speaking mm-hmm. of and I guess her certificate of death came in the mail which my dad mailed me <laughs> and <laughs> you need those which is weird yeah with just no heads up yeah also my dad took photos of my mom as she was passed away because he didn't know what to do and he said he's always known for taking photos I mean that I found the photos that's it seems. A bizarre instinct, but if you don't know what to do when he you're said like at the time he was so out of it that he thought my brother and I weren't gonna believe him. I mean, that kinda makes sense to me. You know, but it's strange to be flipping through like a Ritz camera bag and like yeah. you're like, Ooh, what photos are these from All high right. school? There's my mom passed away. Uh, like it was so I'm like, Dad, why are you tell us where they they were just like lying around. He's like, Oh yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. Well, you develop a role, you never know what you'll find. Yeah, Like clearly. that's the fun of developing a role back in the day. Yes. Well, that's a prime reason why that's gone away. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It has nothing to do with that at all. But. Yeah. But anyway, my, my whole point is that I guess when I finally looked at her certificate of death, it was 4 a.m. in Washington, D.C., or which where was. my mom was, which was when I was looking at the clock. And I huh. I do feel it was such a pronounced moment that I, I'm not like going back and kind of trying to kind of make it more than it was. I remember feeling at the time like I've never felt such calm and peace come over me. Right. So I don't even know what that is or, but it was some significant. Yeah. I mean, shit, I'm not a very spiritual person, but like you go through things like this and it's like, it is interesting that you feel a presence that somehow continues. At least I have. Yes. I mean, I can't speak to other people's experience, but I remember once was flying a plane. This was months after my mom died. And I remember shortly after she died, I was working a ton. Like, I was in the hospital for a very long time, and then I came back and I had a bunch of work to do, which was nice because I got to bury myself yeah. in work. But then because I wasn't a lot, had daylight hours to process it, all my dreams were just mom all the Ooh, time. Yeah. And, which was, like, hard, but it was actually kind of nice because it was like, oh, she's still here in my thoughts. And then I remember as time went by, there was less of that, less of that and she was appearing less, and then I started to feel guilty about that. Like, subconsciously, I was letting her go. And it was a very... I felt like I'm doing something wrong because she's not alive in my unconscious thoughts anymore. Yeah. Which was very difficult. But a weird thing. It's like not, I can't control that. No, yeah. But it felt like somehow like, oh, is this presence slipping away? Yeah. Um, but then I remember anyways, months later being on a plane and I was asleep because I was uh, like a crazy one of those retardedly early fl- flights like at four in the morning. Good times. Um, <laughs> and I, I just was passed out on like the tray table and had a the dream where she just like walked into the room that I was in. It was just like sitting in the room. She walked in, didn't say anything, just like looked at me like full on and just like waved. And then like I f- fucking woke up like a shot. Yeah. And it just felt like a very real visceral moment, even though it was just purely a dream. But yeah. it felt like more than that. Yeah, like she was really... Yeah, and it's just like the subconscious probably creating something, but it felt very real. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel... Has that continued with you? Um that moment because you said like you know you didn't used to believe in this you used to kind of like slough it off as yeah. kind of being froofy 
uh, for that's the word. That's yeah. definitely the word. Yeah. Um, but now less so. Like, how has that? Yes, definitely changed you. I don't know. I, I took a class once because I was interested in this topic and interested in almost explaining it away and it not being spiritual and being more like, I don't know, scientific. And I took this class mm-hmm. called Synchronicity in our like modern lives, which is just when, you know, these, you know, you'll have a coincidence or it, it, the most basic example of it is like you think of someone and then they were like, oh, I was thinking of you. Right, right. Or you see a car that you've never seen before and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then you keep seeing Seen it, it. again again. Or like Deep Impact and Armageddon come out at the exact same time. I mean, if that's not synchronicity, yeah, sure. I don't know what is. Exactly. Steve. But yeah, things like that. And you learn a word and then suddenly everybody's saying that. Exactly. I'm still learning words. I'm not. That's kind of <laughs> yeah, no, thing. I know that happens to you yeah. a lot. But that's exactly it. Where mm-hmm. it is kind of weird, the things, and they're supposed to be like that they come in sevens or right. threes. Or, oh, interesting. But once I got there, I was like, oh, this is even kookier than right. anything I could have ever yeah. kind of gotten into. But I don't know. I, I do kind of subscribe to some of that. Oh, well, this is the interesting thing. So. I had that audition for the Christopher Guest movie. Obviously, I literally never even thought of it after my mom passed away. Right. I went home, and then I stayed home for a couple months, and it truly was like it didn't even come to me. As excited as I was about it in the yeah, moment, well, it just never. Course. Then a year later, I was working on a horrible animated show with June, and just really down. And my agent calls, and she's like, "This is a year later." She's like, "The movie's cut, wrapped, coming out in like two months, and they they're adding one scene." And there's a, um, and my mom had been so excited about this audition. And they're like, yeah, they want you to go in for this part and you have to read monologue. And I went in and I, again, was so, I don't even know what was it. It just was so, um, so much emotion going into this audition because I right. felt in my heart, like, I don't want to let my mom down. I'd like put a lot on it. And it was a small part. Yeah. It was just Christopher Guest and I and did the whole audition. And I, I sat in my car after and I cried so hard I was just like I'm like crying now even though I know how the story ends but I was like I blew it like and I'm a failure like I had this this is the last conversation I had with my mom this was Mm -hmm. her favorite filmmaker these are movies we love to watch together this was an opportunity I had and then I'm back at work and I got a call from my agent she's like oh he loved you and you got it and it was the first movie I was ever in and I can't even tell you like I since have not had a nice as nice a moment of like of synchronicity truly in the world just like I did feel like it was my mom and some, there was something there. I don't know what it was yeah. and it's so silly. It's not like, uh, nothing to do with the business or. No, but it, it feels a, like kismetic, right? Yes. It was a weird like end to that little kind of arc, yeah. that little chapter of that story. Huh. Well, that's kind of fantastic. Yeah, and maybe it's not that coincidental, but it felt so like, why would one part pop up a year later and yeah, I get to I be mean, in it? And I think like you can kind of explain away anything. You can mm-hmm. logic away anything. Yeah. And like probably a lot of it is like projections of like, okay, of trying to make it bigger than it oh, is. 100%. But like sometimes it just feels. Yeah. So who gives a shit? Yeah. Like it feels, it feels real to me. Yeah. I, um, remember, uh. In this same period, this is, I'm just hearkening back to this one period of time, but um, right after I came back and was doing all this work, after my mom died, and the previous birthday, she had gotten me this, like, kind of vintage uh, booze set, like a, you know, a bunch of, like, glasses and, like, an ice bowl, Um, and I was up late at night, like, working, like, at 1.30 in the morning, and it's like, you know, in this little uh, case. So they can't really, they, there's not movement or anything. I wouldn't like, think. Yeah, exactly. But at 1.30 morning, I heard like what, what sounded like, just like a, 
And like, like it just, it was probably, it probably was just like a house settling somehow or something. But it felt <laughs> I mean, like I, it was a You cheers. know what I think it was too. Yeah. But it was just like this moment of like, ah, oh, well, that's nice. It feels like yeah. whatever reason you're sitting here watching me. And it doesn't matter why or how. It's like, that was, that's that moment. And yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing how those feel calming. Oh yeah. And I think when you're in the grief process you're also you definitely are grasping for those moments mm-hmm, for sure but they do ground you when they happen but then there's some that are like so not like when i got pregnant i <laughs> someone gifted me with a baby psychic like a man Whoa. who said what he was, was going like? to talk to my baby in utero uh-huh horrible like that was the thing is i want everyone to know i'm discerning <laughs> right he was a man from brooklyn named glenn oh did you have to go to brooklyn or you talk no on the phone? I, oh this is purely over the phone yeah, so yeah. glenn literally was like hey okay i'm communing with your baby um anyway it was so but yep. of course i was kind of like into it at the beginning but the funniest part of it was I, I promised myself, like, I'm not going to ask about my mom. It's too heavy. I don't want to go there. I don't want to sure. know if my son... So he was basically claimed he was t- chatting with my son in, like, the ne- the other world that he's in before he's born. <laughs> yeah, like the pre... Like the... Um, in... Uh, what, there was a Robert Downey Jr. movie. It doesn't matter. I don't remember the name of it. It's... Fuck it. I'm not going to get his you example because I don't remember the name of it. Where we, he comes back and he's, like, he gets killed and then he comes... It's not Heart and Soul. It's another one. Okay. Iron Man. Anyways. It's Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. It's right before he comes Tony Stark. He's born... <laughs> Yeah. Well, wherever my son was, the funny part, like, at first it was, like, kind of some funny things, like, he knows you're eating onion rings, which I was eating a lot of them, so I have to, but then David, my husband, was like, I'm sure every woman who's pregnant eating onion rings fine. Maybe. By the end, I was like, I'm going to just ask. Yeah. I go. Why not? You're talking to some Jamoke yeah, in Brooklyn. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I said, hey. And by the way, right off the bat, he's like, you're having a boy. This is your first kid. Anyway. And I used my married name, not that I'm so well known, but. Sure. That was in I mean, yeah. something. Why not? But as David said, 50-50 chance, fine. It's pretty good, but very definitive. So I said, look, can I ask, you know, has my son met my mom wherever you, you're talking to them? And he goes, you know, they've met. They're not like, you know, they, they see each other occasionally. Basically, like, my mom and my son have seen each other. They're passing acquaintances. Oh, <laughs> like, no. What the fuck? I know. I was like, I, I'm going to have to choose to believe they mean a little more to each other in the other world than that. He's like, That's... yeah, they see each other. He basically like, but they don't hang out a lot. You know what though? That makes me weirdly. That makes me feel like maybe this guy's more legit because he gave yeah, an answer right. that's I mean, the one that you don't want to hear. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, yeah, nah, that's not a thing. But it would almost be better if they hated each other or they loved each other. He's like, yeah, they, yeah. You know, like you see someone in a dining hall and you kind of give them a hey, a nod. <laughs> he compared it to like a college dining hall. <laughs> yeah, like that's my mom yeah. and my unborn son. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I would hope my mom would be more excited to see him. But maybe she's like, you know, I'll get into you once you're like a real thing, or once you're on the other side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe. I had um, a very a bizarre experience where I was. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a single person, so that's exciting. Yes. Keep note, listeners. Um, that was a, a very attractive single man. Thank you, Casey. You're welcome. Um, but I was ta- texting with a lady and then somehow she was transitioned into a thing where she was like asking me like very specific questions and then she was like you might have to get on the phone oh boy and she like launched into this thing like I've always kind of seen visions and I've so I was like initially like oh man but then she got to this period where she's like your mom is like she keeps on gesturing to me <gasps> with, with this holding like a, a, a baby girl and it's like seeming like I am I, I am like getting this ready for you and oh look, that could be full on crazy, but like it was not to me. 
it was just nice to hear. And even though, so like, nice. look, I hope it's not anytime soon because I said it as a single person. If there's a daughter coming very soon, that's or maybe she's already with us and we don't know. Uh, well, that's <laughs> no, no. And this is that this wow. podcast is going to change drastically, but hey. it was just nice to hear. Even though, if like, I don't know if it's bullshit. It's just like us projecting, but it's still. It felt you nice. have to be pretty bold to just say this to someone if you are not at least believing it yourself. Yeah, I'm sure. I have, I have no doubt that she believes it fully, I, and she's not like that's not her job. So and she's by the not way, I believe her more than Glenn. Yeah, a million Glenn from times Brooklyn. Over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, who also yeah, later asked me to do a Kickstarter to just like help his a CD he wanted to put out. Oh no! I know. Was it any good? I didn't listen or look. I hope it was like a cover band for like the Bee Gees or something. (laughs) I hope. It was not about psychic at all. No, what happened with this gal? Uh, uh, Nothing. We still text occasionally. I don't know. It's one of those. It's, you know, one of those, uh, a lot of things up in the air. Okay. Um, But that was, I thought was really interesting. I'll say. Even though it was like, oh, maybe you're not the person I thought you were, but also this is kind of (laughs) nice. Yeah, but you're bringing word from the... Mm -hmm. Nether regions yeah. of space and time. Yeah, so it's hard to discern. Crazy or cool? Or a or way sexy. to get on the phone and it's not a TLC text. album, yeah. That's also... Um, so, do you carry this stuff with you now? Which... Um, the sense of calm. Do you, you take oh. these kind of these kind of has that changed you now, like in your life currently? Uh, now that you have a a, a son, yeah. and now that you're a mom, you're in the same position as she was. Um, I don't know. Is is it like going through the, the process of motherhood? Because Max is like what a year, a year, yeah. a year. Um, and that first year was there a lot of like feeling like a omnipresence, or at least you remembering and stuff. Some, yeah, some it's interesting. I have felt. With my mom's passing, first I was so bummed that she passed when I was in my late 20s, and I saw other women kind of, you know, the mother-daughter relationship can be fraught, and while we were certainly Especially, so, like, as teenagers, right? Yes, yeah. and while we were so close, we had not moved into that place where it's like, my mom's my best friend. It was like, we're not there. Right. And as I was kind of living through that evolution in other friends, it was a real bummer. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, you know, but then something did occur where, and I've said this to a friend, like, I will say with my mom, the conversation has continued. Hmm. And we have come to something, even though she's not here. Yeah. And I feel we have become friends. And I know that sounds, but I'm like, we're, our relationship is still evolving despite the fact that she's not here. And it's, it's nothing active going on. It's more just like, and you know how it is. There's always a voice in your head of like, well, when my mom like this choice or yeah. wouldn't she and maybe you're making up whatever you think but you're kind of almost looking to this person a lot well i think that's natural it's like an example that that's what you have left is this example of yeah. what they were this person that they were but i also think even though it's in like in theory a one-sided relationship yeah. now it's you're evolving yeah. so you're like having more of an appreciation as to who she was when she was a mom yeah. or who she you know you're also getting to ages where you knew her, right? Yeah. Like, that's always a weird thing. I, um, a little while ago, my stepmom sent me a text message saying, um, I, you were the age that I was when your dad and I started dating. Oh, my like, oh, God. Jesus, and you're like, please is, don't. That's great. That's your cool. Your stepmom, who I remember so beautifully from your, if I may say. Yeah, sure. Your wedding. Yeah, yeah. She 
caused quite a stir by holding up a bottle of liquor and shouting stepmom shots. Oh, yeah. She was very into doing tequila shots. Yeah. Which we all chanted, stepmom shots, sure. stepmom shots. Oh, that's nice. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, she's a good time gal. I was like, this is, what a tribute yeah. <laughs> to yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. She's, uh, she can get into, uh, she likes tequila at, at events. Yeah. So do I. Sure. So, so I you really guys were fast friends. down with her. Really. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think having a son though, it has, the grief has definitely reared its head again. Yeah. I would say, you know, I had kind of a five year, I think some of it, and it's so hard because I've seen friends who are going through what you went through where, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just, they're both so different. You know, to see an illness and see a parent or see a person you love be sick is so painful. And then on my end of it, I didn't see that, but there's that shock involved where you're just, I wasn't expecting this and I didn't yeah. get to say. Which or feels I like didn't... you're kind of, like I had, sorry to interrupt, but like I had like time to get used to it, even though it was like kind of I don't think swimming. you're ever used to it, I'm You're not sure. used to it, but I knew it was coming. Yeah. So... But you just like totally well, that's why like, I'm like having to tote around my like Christopher Guest stories because you know you're just like so. I think the first year is shock of yeah. just like I didn't. We're so I think wanting things to be. You know, it's just so unsettling to be like, but that's not what I thought was going to happen. Right. That thought alone consumed me for a year before I could even move into grief. Yeah. Um. But having a son, and then I kind of made peace with it, and then I was planning my wedding, and I was like, I'm in a good place. You mm-hmm. know, I'm. And I certainly never over it. Like someone was saying to me with grief, someone wrote me a card and they said, you know, it's not something you get over, but it's something that will walk beside you. Mm. And it's cheesy, but I'm, I was like, yeah, it does. It, you just, you learn to walk beside it. It becomes a part of your life as opposed to something yes. you're trying to avoid. Or get over. Or yeah. I just ran into a friend whose wife had passed away very suddenly and he kept saying, and it has been three months, which is nothing in the span of, you know grief mm-hmm. especially something so horrific yeah and he said I, i'm so sorry I, i'm still i think he was so out of it he kept saying I, I really still got me i think i'm i'm gonna come out of it though i'm coming through and i felt so terribly knowing the road that people have yeah. ahead of them when someone passes and and of course all we want is to be okay again and be ourselves For so sure. he kept saying he was like i think by this weekend and it's like oh by this God. weekend yeah he oh, was just like man. i think i'm and he was taking comfort in that, so of course I didn't say. Well, it's nice to know. It's nice to feel like uh, here coming around the bend. Here it is. I remember saying that all last year, being like, uh, uh, you know, I feel like yeah, I'm really like feeling normalish. I was not. No, and you'll get a wave of it, and you're like, but then sometimes I would feel like a euphoric. Yeah. Almost so far up, far off the mark. I was like, I feel great. Yeah. And then only to. Yeah, because you're like trying to create this destiny for yourself. Dip lower. Yeah. 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 Uh, you said something I think was kind of interesting that you're like. Um, this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not supposed to happen this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, I think it happens in everybody's life invariably. Yeah. Sometimes it happens a lot younger. Sometimes it happens older. Yeah. If you're lucky, it happens to you when you're like forty or fifty. Yeah. And but, uh, I remember that just being such a thing. Like this isn't the way it's supposed to fucking happen. Yeah. And that's like such a real way of growing up. But I feel like once that happens, you're like, oh, okay. I'm not immune to life's... Yeah, I'm yeah. very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually been a plus of what... Not a plus, yeah, but a like... Yeah, a little bit, a, right? Yeah, I just... And this is not me plugging a piece I wrote, but I just wrote a piece for Lenny Letter, mm-hmm. Lena Dunham's thing about anger and how I struggled with anger my whole life. But I do believe, and I've tried everything, and when I say everything to control it, I mean everything... 
you know, and I'm, I think, a pretty sunny person, but I would just have this, like, rage that I would lash out yeah. at people and I couldn't get a handle on it, be it therapy, working mm. out, medication, everything. But it, it really was just time of, like, realizing, like, I'm vulnerable to things that was like, oh, life is very tenuous. Yeah. There's not... That kind of was like, oh, it just diffused everything for me. Yeah. I don't know if it was just an anger of, like, what could happen or... But then once it's something bad does happen, you're kind of like, oh... Everything else. And not like, yeah. this isn't a long-winded way of saying like, don't sweat the small stuff and so stupid, but... But it's kind of true. Yeah, I was just I like, I don't you... even have the energy to be so angry. Yeah, because the things you, like, previously I know, like, I would feel anger about is, you know, measuring yourself up to other people or oh, like, I, I want this. Oh, I do that all the time. Oh, for sure, but it's yeah. like, at least have the wherewithal to like maybe step back a little bit and be like, okay. 100%. It's fine. I'm, a, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm queer. Get used to it. I'm, well, that's the part I'm getting used to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Over time. Over time, we will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's very nice to be drinking a Viognier as we do this. This is very nice wine. Mm, this, is a, this is very, also, a great spread. Chips, salsa, Weird, gluten-free, dry chips. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a May summation question. May I ask question. you a yes, question? Yes, please, please. And you can edit this out if you don't want to. No, I'm very much an open book. Did you feel similar grief in terms of your marriage? Or was it completely different? Or uh, I definitely did. Um, but please don't answer if you don't want to. No, no, no. I definitely did. But I think it was also... I didn't really have the time to really... I think everything hit me last year. Because I had like... I split up. We officially split up, and then it was kind of like a little bit of, just like I was on a bit of a run. of a t- I was traveling a bunch. I like immediately started dating somebody who was like a lot younger, who was lovely and great. Um, but that was short-lived because for so many reasons. But it was fun, and it was like, it was nice to feel something that wasn't just like heaviness yeah. and sadness. It was like, oh, right, there can be, I remember, I remember this feeling of excitement. I haven't felt this for a very long time. That's fun. Yeah. And then that like took me into the summer. And then it was back to, like, work, and then also my mom again. And then there's also, like, this tabloid thing that sprung up. So it was, like, there was all these elements. uh, Just when, like, we finally divorced, it, like, became, like, a story inexplicably, but it did. And then then my mom was sick. So I feel like I dealt with that all in the fall, and then she passed, and then I came back. And then I think that was the first time, like, I had, like, a... I don't know, like a little bit of stillness. Mm. So like everything just caught up to me kind of at once last year. So when I thought I was just like mourning uh, my mom, I think I was also, I was mourning like, I felt like, because my grandmother died a year before that. So I felt like all the women who were important in my life were just like taken away. Mm. Uh, And it felt like very untethered in that. Yeah. And was like learning, yearning for like emotional intimacy. Like the things where like, you know, my mom would text me during the Oscars to be like, I don't like their dress. Like, it was like she did ongoing commentary all the time or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. it was that was like a thing. Like, the Oscars is, you know, by and large pretty stupid. But, like, it always felt close because she would always be like, she would be watching it. I would, like, have it on pause. So she'd, like, tell me, like, oh, man, I can't believe they won Best Sport. And he's like, Mom, Mom you know I'm please. a little bit behind. Talk <laughs> about the dresses. So it was, like, all these things that was kind of just, like, this little dearth in my yeah. life. And I think it was only, like, last year that I finally, like, oh... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I gotta kind of digest, yeah. and that's not fun. That doesn't feel good. No, God, no. Yeah. And did were you in therapy, or have you been? Uh, I was, but like I was not doing as much as I should have. Um, I think because I just didn't want to. Yeah. I guess I don't that's know. That's valid. 
I think it's valid, also, but I think... Also, sometimes there's just times you're like, I don't want to process this at that level, or it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Did you kind of, did you find, like, therapy and things of that nature, like, were helpful for you, or is it just like, nothing really helps, you just need time? Time is really the only thing. I've been in analysis, like Freudian analysis, for over 12 years. Oh. And do you like it? (laughs) I love it. I don't think I've... It feels like a very Woody Allen... Like That's what I hear Yes, and she's like an upper west side older woman. I'm into that. And my closest friend has been in it too with a different person, but Mm -hmm. it's literally I haven't met anyone else that does this process, so people are always very alarmed by the amount of time I go to therapy. Which at points has been as much as four times a week. Sure. And then three and now with my baby, two. Okay. But to to be honest, two feels like not a lot. And let me be very clear, it's beyond a luxury in terms in every For way, sure. shape, or form. And when I did it in the beginning, it was sliding scale and I couldn't even afford it. And I had to kind of like grow into it. But the reason it's so much is because that is the therapy. It's talk therapy. It's right. basically, it's done by kind of like the amount of time so that you're not feeling like I just have to tackle these important things because I only right. have an hour. The amount of time let's like, it, I mean, I'm but, but butchering this, but the time is what it is. Like that's the thing. That's right. the therapy is that there's time. So. Well, that's nice. Oh yeah. And then I, when I moved to LA, I was going to get a new therapist, but then when my mom passed, I've been talking to my therapist over the phone. So I've had the same woman for... What's also nice, like, when something, like, crazy like that happens, you, like, want want continuity in any way. Exactly. Especially with Freudian analysis, it's all about the mother and your childhood. So to change in their kind of eyes would have been, like, a disaster of epic proportion. I was like, I'll just find someone else. She's like, I don't think you understand. Yeah. But it's also, like, even outside of that, whatever the Freudian analysis principles Mm -hmm. are, like, just, Which I don't know. I have to catch somebody up? Ugh. Can't do that and can't drive anywhere. It's kind of an amazing, you know, with my job and being in different cities yeah. and being on sets. It's just like I call, and especially with the sun, it's like I'm not gonna drive to Beverly Hills. No, it's it's that's a, a, oftentimes that was like reasons that kept me away from it because I was like I only have so much time. I have one Saturday where I'm not working. I could drive to the West Side. Hundred percent. Or I could see a movie. That sounds nice. That sounds great. By the way, the movie movies are the best therapy. And that's been my family's like form of therapy since we were little. Just get in a dark theater. Yes. M&M's, watch a movie. There's nothing finer. Uh, it is my absolute favorite thing to do. Me too. Mostly because, like, I feel and like And I'm not it's... talking about at my house on Netflix. I'm talking about No, no, no. It's the gotta theater. be a theater. I don't watch movies much at home because, A, I get distracted, and I just like the totally... How it's so enveloping, and you're in a dark room, and it's like permission to just feel shit. It's Because so much in life, you don't feel anything, or you at least try not to. Yeah. But there, like, I will heave like a baby at something that's... I cried during, um... Green Lantern. Mm. <laughs> a terrible movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. terrible movie. Oh, yeah. But I was very sick at the time, and it was like the whole premise was like the idea of fear versus hope. Mm. And there's like the two guiding principles of life. It's the yin and yang. And just the fact that he was like, hope was what won out. It just like, I was bawling. That's, just because yeah, like, that's a oh, huge... There's hope. Maybe I can have hope. <laughs> this terrible movie. <sighs> and I just I feel like it. that you've just given the creators of that the best... Hey, well, look, I'm, I, I think I'm the only person who's saying positive things about it. But... <laughs> hey, it touched you. Yeah. You never know. It'll get never know. You. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, um... I mean, I feel silly saying how much I go to therapy because it sounds so... And it is. It's, again, very, very lucky. But I... Because it's like... Um, but also, it's a healthy thing to do. When I tell you it has saved my life, it is... Tr- I don't believe in exaggeration. But no. it's cool because, you know, the premise of an analysis is that you're on the couch and you can't see the um, 
Interesting. person, which has been for me so helpful because as someone who's a people pleaser and like I want people to like me and I yeah. hope I'm being well received and uh, when you can see someone's face, especially, <laughs> I sound like such an actor. I want to sh- no. blow my head off. Believe no, I, me, I feel I, nauseated. Look, I mean, not even that's not actors. That's like every person. That... Okay, but now hear this next part. Okay. That, you know. I, I feel I can at least read where people are. And so if I get the sense, however wrong it is, that like they don't like me, they're not, they think this is stupid, you know, whatever it is, it's been very freeing. And so the phone has kind of lended itself to that because I cannot right. see how she's responding. And they're not directive. They don't say, well, you should do this. They're, it's just purely like they're almost like an abyss. Hmm. And um, it's been good because it's not another person telling me this is what you should do, you know, because as, as an actor, you're so like flailing and desperate. Yeah. It's just been very, like, you have to kind of decide for yourself how this is being received. Uh, well, I think that's really interesting. I think, like, this podcast in particular is a lot of it's just, like, talking and listening. And sometimes with friends and sometimes with people I don't know that well. But I've found, like, just in, in doing it, it's just talking in an earnest way that, like, oh, I've learned some things about myself. Such as? Um... I think just doing this kind of made me realize, like, that, like, a little bit, like, last year was... I was just like full on depressed and was still mourning and didn't yeah. recognize that. I was like kept on trying to pull myself That's up. That's kind of nice you didn't recognize <laughs> Well, I mean, I no, knew I'm it, kidding. but like I was like, yeah. Um, but I think it's just, it's nice just to talk and not have uh, an expectation. Yeah. Yeah. I have an expectation that this podcast is going to win an Oscar. A potty? Oscar? An oh, Oscar. I don't, I don't know even what the fuck they are. <laughs> I don't think there's anything. I just, I'd love you know, for you to consider it. Yeah, I will. I will definitely. And I'll consider. I'll, I'll put it up for a potty. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for talking with me, and also for the delicious gluten-free chips. The horrible spread. No, great spread. This and has been wonderful. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Casey Wilson, huh? How about her? Isn't she fantastic? Uh, special thanks to Casey for sitting down and talk to us. Uh, that was that was super fun. Um, if you want to know more of what's going on with Casey, you can find her at Casey Rose Wilson. That's on Twitter. Look at look at her there. She tweets sometimes, and you know what she tweets about sometimes? Her podcast, which is called Bitch Sesh, and it's on Earwolf. So give that a listen to because it's really delightful. Um, what else do I got to say for you? Uh, oh, yes. Thanks. Thanks to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes. Uh, thank you, Julia Pot, for the art. Thank you to Kingdom Flying Club for the music. Um, and thank you for you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to do more than listen, you know, you can find us on Twitter. We're at terribly underscore funny. Uh, if you want to say, hey, hey, bro, love the show. Or, hey, bro, fucking hate the show. Whatever. It's, you know, it's a free country, mostly. So, you know, if you want to, drop us a line. Um... Our email is terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail.com. So we'd love to hear from you. And if you're feeling particularly sassy, you know, you can go on our on our, on our our iTunes page and leave us a rating or a review or whatever the fuck. You know, it's your life. Live it. Do whatever you want. But um, sincerely, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, warms the cockles of my heart. And I think that's all I have to say, is it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future. And uh, I'm going to finish this with a fart noise.